This week, HTC is going with the flow, FIFA is looking for options, and DC Comics is bringing new entertainment. It's Tuesday, October 19th, 2021, and this is episode 606 of F5 Live, refreshing technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're watching our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, through our live stream partners, um, livestream.com, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, or of course on our website, PlugHitsLive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is you can normally join us on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to F5Live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio, give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Uh, If you're not able to join us live or we're doing a show on an unusual night, uh, you can always go to PlugHitsLive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows including F5 Live, Pilch Point, uh, Plug Kids Live Presents, First Looks, and a whole lot more. And then you can find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. All right. It seems like every week we're pushing one day a little further to the right. Uh, this, <laughs> this week we're here on a Tuesday, so it's been a little more than a week since we've so, seen each other. So How have you been? Next week. All right. Not, not too bad. <laughs> Uh, next week, next week, it'll be next week. Let's do Wednesday just to keep it going. <laughs> then we'll loop back around again to Sunday. Uh, so exactly. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been, um, some interesting product announcements, which I'll talk about during the pilch point. There's, uh, it seems like in this, uh, mid October timeframe, there's a lot of mid to late October timeframe. There's a lot of new things being announced, uh, which is cool. That uh, keeps life keeps life interesting and busy. It is us. Techtober. Yeah. I I saw that expression somewhere earlier this week uh, or over the weekend, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to use that at some point. Techtober. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the. I mean, do we? I guess we often get announcements around this time of year because you want, if you're a company and you want to get stuff out there before the holiday season at a certain point later it might be too late right so so october is i guess the end of the line i normally would have thought maybe september august we would have seen uh, late august early september we would have seen more product announcements but um but this seems, it seems like we get a lot of stuff in october now yeah seems seems to be so so um exciting times i mean we we like uh we like new products it keeps life interesting yes it does um and i i appreciate everybody including you avram take allowing the weird all of the weird shifts that we've been doing because of roboticon obviously if you've been watching our coverage roboticon has owned my month um it is it is the most techtober thing <laughs> possible i think is spending every weekend 
with uh, elementary, middle, and high school students doing robotics. Um, this past weekend, we got to show off our program, which I was super, super excited about. We, uh, we created the idea for Next Robotics in 2016, and we finally got to show it off uh, this past weekend. I, I cannot tell you how excited I was to see the field put together and see half of, a, of an actual game field. And next year we get to play it. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Hopefully we're going to have a custom field built and everything. It's going to be super cool. I don't know if you got to see any of it, but it's for adults. It is a robotics program for adults that's not BattleBots. Something that's designed more around the, you know, the cooperation concept that, that First and Vex uh, focus on. But for adults... That's that's great. That reminds me a little bit of Pie Wars. Uh, in the UK, they have a, an annual event, although I think it was postponed this year, uh, put a, uh, called Pie Wars, where you have to make a Raspberry Pi, it has to be Raspberry Pi powered, so a Raspberry Pi okay. powered robot, but it is a non what they call a non-destructive competition. Mm -hmm. So they ha so they have different comp. It is competitive, but they have different competitions where you have to navigate through an obstacle field or have an autonomous thing that navigates. Um, it's not, it's not like battle bots where you have right. to, where you create something to destroy. And a, a lot of it has to do with programming it to your bot to do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a lot of what we've, what we've tried to build. We have created a game. This game will be played for a season and the next game, next season we'll have a different game. Um, this year, the the game has uh, these like giant wiffle balls, <laughs> like grapefruit sized wiffle balls, which are weird to me. But uh, uh, there's there's a, a high goal that you're scoring into. Uh, the players put the balls back out on the field. There's a teeter totter in the middle with these little ramps. Um, it's it's a pretty cool game. Uh, Roboticon.net for anybody who's interested. We've also got on our web, on our YouTube, on the Roboticon YouTube, we've got uh, uh, some demos. We were out on the field with the robot and with the uh, with the field elements doing a video. I uh, I did something interesting, a little bit, a little inside baseball for uh, for people watching. Um, we we bought those new cameras, the one that is running for me right now. We bought uh, three of them, what a couple months ago, right? And uh, we were using them exclusively this past weekend, and I needed a microphone to be able to do interviews on the field. So I just took one of these four hundred dollar microphone or uh, cameras and turned it into a microphone. <laughs> Michelle's like, "All right, I guess that works. That's a crazy idea, but it worked." So <laughs> I was pretty impressed with these with these cameras and their mics. Normally, you know, you know, the built in mics on cameras are usually yeah, not very good. You know embarrassing but i was using it holding it like a mic and doing interviews on the field it was <laughs> it was a lot of fun but anyway that's out there that's what i've been up to one more weekend abram one more weekend and then <laughs> we can put robotic on <laughs> 2021 to rest and i can go to rest i'm so tired but that's okay it's been a ton of fun and i look forward to our next weekend but we've got more than a full week worth of <laughs> worth of news to cover, so let's get down to it.
This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, desperately seeking an Xbox, new games, or a whole lot more, you can get them all at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students, faculty, uh, military, and parents uh, can save up to 10% on almost everything. And to find out more about the deals that are going on and those discounts, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So I want to start with something weird, um, and then we're just going to move on past it. Uh, the, the weird thing is that there's a tweet out there from Palm, which I think we all remember Palm, the kind of original smartphone from long ago, and then WebOS and the HP debacle, and then every the the weird little mini phone that came out that's now seemingly discontinued because you can't get it even from them. Uh, they're teasing wireless headphones. I, I don't even know what to do about that because they don't go in your palm. It's so... Like, even branding-wise, so, it's confused. So, here's a question. Who owns Palm now? Uh, it's not the original TCL. people, right? TCL. Right. So, so companies buy brands all the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the product doesn't necessarily align with the brand name, but hey, they, they think they'll get attention. Guess what? They got your attention, so it worked. It's true. Right? TCL. TCL makes TVs, and I think they probably make some other electronics, right? So yeah, I've got a I got a pair of earbuds around here somewhere from them. True wireless earbuds that are truly the worst wireless earbuds that I have ever put on. I decided to so, abandon my product review; they're so bad. So they have a brand that people know, but they realize that they can't really succeed in the phone business because their previous idea was pretty bad. Um, I mean, it was cute, but it wasn't, it wasn't practical that you have like a mini phone, mini smartphone that has, it wasn't just that like, okay, maybe some people just want a smaller phone than this. Right. No, Mm -hmm. no, no. It's that they had to have, what was it? It was like underpowered or something. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't distract you. It's your non-distraction smartphone. And, and originally it was like semi-tethered to an existing Verizon number. It was like a it was like a smartwatch in your hand. It was such a weird idea. Well it's like it's it's like the I want one. Don't the, get me wrong. I want one for my collection, but Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> only it's because cute. it's weird. It's cute, but it's not like, you know, you and I are like eccentric <laughs> and cute stuff, but it doesn't, you know, that's not a business model for Right. for for them to sell things right it was like, super niche it it's like uh, you know remember when netbooks first came out and it was like yes. hey wait a second this isn't really good enough to be my laptop and it's not good at, and but it's barely man, better than my little, phone it's like this little niche between my regular laptop and my and my desktop and my phone or whatever and these in-betweener yeah. devices i mean tablets have managed to make it for yeah, a lot it was, of people, it right? was Intel and Microsoft trying to figure out how to compete in the tablet space without being ready to compete in the tablet space is what it seemed like to me. Right. So this is like you're in, you're in between your phone and uh, I, I yeah. don't, 
I don't see it. I mean, mm -mm. smartwatches are only as successful as they are because people are using them for things like fitness, uh, right. like fitness tracking. Right. Um, yeah, it so... was a it was a wild concept. And then when they untethered it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you can use this as a whole phone now," and you're like, "Ah, uh, but can I?" Because it's not really more powerful than my watch, so can I? No, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they could sell it as. I mean, they're probably. I mean, somewhere there's a market for phones for for phones for people who really don't. You don't want to have too much functionality, but I don't think that's the phone. No, right? the uh, like the Nokia phone. the Nokia brick phones coming back. It looks just like the original, but it's uh it's some sort of a an Android hybrid type thing with physical buttons and everything, but it's some sort of Android right. device. I saw a thing about it this week. That is the place to be. Take Android, kind of strip out all the things, make it a, a candy bar phone and just move on. But this tried to be both and didn't succeed at either. And the idea right. of them get, trying to put the headphone brand here, I'm hoping, honestly, I know there's a 0% chance of it happening, but my hope is that uh, like the HP Pre-3 size and style phone with modern Android hardware and modern Android software, that they surprise us with that and that the earbuds are some sort of a weird tease. <laughs> but, I, uh, but I know it's not going to happen. Is more like this, I think this is more like the Sylvania netbook. Sylvania makes notebooks, <laughs> right? And at and, one uh, time in the net... And, and yeah. $79 kitchen televisions. Right, because they allow people to license the name. Right. So there was some company that made wanted to make its own netbook, and it paid to license the good name of Sylvania. Now, why you would think like this is a great brand, great yeah. brand equity for them? But you know, I mean, they've had haven't there been like things that were labeled Polaroid or whatever that were not not cameras. Apps, there's there are Android phones that are Polaroid branded, right? So there's a lot of things where companies. It's not that there's some big, you know, it's not that there's some big Polaroid company that's assigned to make all uh -huh. these things. I think it's there. There are small companies that are like, hey, I want to come out with a smartphone. I don't. Right. I can't invent a brand, uh, or I don't want to spend money and time inventing a brand. So right. I'll pay a little bit and I'll license this brand that's not really relevant to what i'm doing but people have heard of it but it's available you know yeah. but people you know and and there, you know one could make you know an argument there like oh well if there's a polaroid phone that must mean it has a good camera right it in fairness probably it did. not but okay in fairness, well, it did. You know, all right then it, the in, in the the interest of full disclosure uh the Polaroid phones are made by the same company that makes uh, like Targus's uh, products, um, and and mm. I think the same company that does Alltech Lansing. So they're they're yeah. a pretty big, uh, safe company to license to. But yeah, you see you see that kind of thing all the time, where you've got you've got like a brand with and you're like oh, why, why are they making security products? Okay. Whatever, <laughs> but right, you know the brand, they, and so you you lean into it. They got your attention, right? Yeah, exactly. 
So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we'll find out on October 26th. But the real thing we want to talk about is HTC. Um, I just, that was just so weird. I had to talk about it for a minute. Um, I Weird. Anyway, uh, HTC um, announced their, their new uh, VR headset, which is kind of a VR headset that's marketed very strangely, in my opinion, to like meditation and serenity stuff. And if you look at all of their marketing, that's what's behind it. And it's so weird. But it, it looks like um, it has some, some internal smarts. It looks like it has the ability to have stuff on it. It looks like there was even a music game. Now, a, a meditation-style music game as opposed to, like, Guitar Hero. But <laughs> um, I, who is their target demo here? Do you have any idea? This is a really good question. I mean, I guess they're giving it a shot. Um, but it sounds like the soft, I mean, I don't know, but it sounds like you're not going to have a great gaming experience on it, nor mm -hmm. are they marketing it as such. And it's not, um, you can't see through it at all, right? There's no, right. there's no camera, right? So there's no AR functionality for it either. So that, you know, I think the design is neat. I mean, it does sort of make you look like a fly, sure. but it, but it also looks, makes you look a little bit like a superhero. It looks, makes you look like a superhero that's trying to look like a bug, like a blue beetle or something like that. Um, so uh, that's kind of cool. One thing I heard about this that really sparked my interest in it is that supposedly they have a feature for people who need glasses like myself um, where you can adjust the focal length of each yes. eye. And so you don't need to wear your glasses and, but you can get the effect of wearing your glasses. Okay. So I had seen the, the, the variable focal length, like from the inside, I saw the pictures of the, the adjusters and I hadn't considered that that's what it would be for. Um, of course it is. Right. So to me, that's like, I wish all, all VR headsets had that. That's fantastic. Cause then, because sure. that's my VR headset problem right there. I, I don't want to, I mean, look, you can put things over your glasses, but it's a pain. It, mm -hmm. You know, they smush your nice glasses, maybe, maybe starting to break them. It's uncomfortable having your glasses smushed against your face and having to look through this thing to get through that thing. So, you know, now I don't know how well it works. That's why I'm eager to try it. Uh -huh. But um, but I like the idea uh, and the design seems nice. But yes, if if you can't do if you I mean, all here's what's killing killing VR, I think, is I mean, I was talking about this with some folks at work. It's like, what are two things that we thought would be really what are a couple of things we thought would be really big, like seven or eight years ago that are now kind of falling off the radar? And that's AR and VR. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that like their VR and AR, the future of the technologies is they're not going anywhere because sure. they're very useful. But what we don't see is people don't, the uptake on the headsets has not been good. Uh, obviously, the idea of people walking around with AR glasses has not been um, widely accepted, even though you do see attempts from time to time. 
like uh, Facebook has. Doesn't Facebook having a new new set that they're working on? I yeah, mean, with I still... like with with somebody weird like Ray Ban or something. Like it's a weird it's a weird relationship. I still I still love the idea of having augmented reality glasses, but mm-hmm. you know, and we've seen, um, but. You know, I think there was a backlash against them with people with Google Glass, and we're still yeah. trying to get over that. And um, so, I don't know. The um, but if they VR, if they looked hold- less doofy than than the Google Glass did, there might be some some room for them. Like if they just looked like your glasses, right? You know. Well, if we can there get was to that a point, set. There was a a company called what were they called North? I think that that made ones that looked very much like glasses and mm-hmm. uh, my coworker Sharon had actually tested them and then Google bought them and shut it down. And I'm not really sure what Google is doing with that technology. Uh, but um, being Google anyway, but um, anyway, uh, but on the, on the bright side, the thing, the thing that's really holding back VR is the lack, I think of, a, of killer games. People want VR is still waiting for its, I think, Pokemon Go moment. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, where's the where's the killer app, the game that people must play in VR? Once, if someone will, someone would take a chance on it. Maybe they see these not great hardware sales and are not not excited about doing it. Yeah. But if someone would take a chance on it. I think there would be, I think that could make or break uh, the situation. So like if you took a game that's, for example, very popular now and you port and create a VR version of it, that probably would be the killer app, right? So if yeah. you took, I don't know, Fortnite and you made a Fortnite VR or sure, Minecraft... Sure. Or Minecraft, and you made a Minecraft VR, um, or whatever. Got Minecraft in the brain because my son. Sorry. Sure. Um, sure. <laughs> but uh, but but nevertheless, if you took those things and you made a, um, if you took a popular game and you brought it to to VR, then maybe people would buy the hardware. This seems like another like an interesting form factor, an interesting design. But if they're sort of marketing it for like, I don't know, meditation, that is mm-hmm. a weird or fitness. I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not the f- fittest person. So maybe I don't get it. But I generally, if I'm exercising or something, I kind of want to see around me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like it would cause, like if I had to be doing some type of exercise, basically with my eyes not on, you know, covered, that I would feel like I would get nauseous from that, but I um, agree. But you know, I don't know. Maybe it works for maybe it works for somebody. I mean, certainly there are lots of attempts to gamify exercise. So I guess if you could feel like you were in a VR world and you were, you know, doing something in that VR world rather than just running on a treadmill, you might it might be more interesting to you. But mm, I don't know. I'm not. I, I, I got to see what the, the software is on this because yeah. I, th- I feel like the design looks like it's lightweight and fairly comfortable and friendly to people who don't wear glasses. Right. So those are interesting. Those are interesting things to know. 
Yeah, I, I want to put my hands on one of these things. Uh, like you said, they, they look super lightweight, which is nice. All the processing is done off system uh, from your phone, which is a little bit of a, a concern. Not all of the processing, but at least some of it uh, is phone powered. Um, so I, I want to see this. It sounds like they've taken a similar approach to what we've heard about what Apple is up to with their, whether it be AR or VR glasses, because you know, every oh, every time there's a, a report, it's it's the other one. <laughs> um, yeah. But it all sounds like it's going to be iPhone powered. So, you know, it sounds like they've taken a similar approach to that. It'll just be interesting to see um, what the end result of that is, you know. So I imagine one of us will put our hands on one shortly after they come out. <laughs> <laughs> I I sure I sure hope so. Um, our our VR reviewer is in Canada, so he he will probably he will probably get it, and I will probably not get to see it. But it is uh, it is possible because uh, HTC could have it at CES get... this year. That's true. It is also po- quite possible that we will be going back to the office soon, so some of our colleagues at like Tom's Guide or whatever may get may get theirs in the office too. Sure. Um, so, so we'll see. Fair enough. Well, I look forward to putting my hands on one because definitely weird. <laughs> this week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities say goodbye to regional restrictions and improve your streaming quality plus it's available for almost all your devices and you can get a special price and a 31 day money back guarantee by going to pilchpoint.live slash pure vpn so abram this was a big week for yes product I announcements even, like wild I even i could even start on saturday but not something that I normally cover. But uh, Saturday was Minecraft Live, and they announced some new Minecraft creatures. True, true. <laughs> uh, my son was really big on that, so we ended up watching it. And gotcha. they're going to have new. Uh, they were talking about new update packs and things like that. But let's talk. Um, let's talk about the the three major announcements. Really, two major announcements plus one that's kind of major to me. So uh, on. On Monday, uh, Apple announced its new MacBook Pros, but take a step back, it announced new processors to power those. So as many of us know, Apple has had been making its own ARM-based processors and getting rid of Intel from its from its computers for a couple of years now. Uh, well, really for a year now. Or, uh, and it just announced two more powerful processors. The original was the M1, and now there's the M1 Pro and M1 Max, which are in the new 14 and 16-inch MacBooks that are coming out. And you can pre-order, I think, uh, now or I think next week. So the M1 Max, the most powerful member of the family, is has 57 billion transistors. Uh, which is a lot of transistors. <laughs> it has uh, 10 CPU cores, 
24 or 32 GPU cores, depending on which model you get, and uh, can support up to 64 gigabytes of RAM. Uh, the M1 Pro, which is the lower, lower end of these two, uh, has 33.7 billion transistors, eight or 10 cores, CPU cores, depending on which model you get, and 14 or 16 GPU cores, and supports up to 32 gigabytes of RAM. So these are in the new uh, M1 Pro and M1, uh, these are in the new Apple MacBook Pros, uh, which are up for pre-order and actually shipping on the 26th. Uh, the cheapest MacBook Pro you can get with it starts at 19.99, and that is with uh, the a 14-core uh, GPU. Uh, if you want the 10-core CPU and 16-core GPU, you need to spend at least 2,500. Uh, and if you want the M1 Pro, uh, the M1 Max, you need to spend at least $2,899 on, on your laptop. Uh, so these are all um, Apple's ARM-based processors, but remember they run Apple software pretty well because most of it has been ported to ARM or can run well through emulation. The new MacBook Pros are going to ship with the late, with new Mac OS Monterey. Uh, and oh, and another cute little thing is that you is that the MacBook Pros have seen a few major changes to them besides just the CPUs. Uh, no more touch bar. So that uh, so the function row is back with actual keys. There's no touch bar as there had been for several years. They have brought back a dedicated HDMI port, dedicated SD card slot, and a you can charge over USB-C, but there will also be a MagSafe connector that so you can charge via MagSafe if you prefer that, and it'll charge faster. MagSafe, MagSafe three is what I I yes. think I heard it called. Yes. Though it it's, looks visually it looks just like two, but I imagine there's yeah, probably more power. Yeah, behind it. yeah, I think it's I think it's faster charging for MagSafe three. And besides that, the webcam mirroring what we've seen on phones is in a notch. So the webcam is now taking up part of your screen real estate on your screen. And I guess because Apple has most, most uh, apps, unless they're full screen, they have the menu bar on the top. Well, now the middle of that menu bar is going to be a black box where the, uh, where the webcam lives. Fortunately, since, I think they are upgrading the webcam to a better webcam. So that's good. And since we know that the notch is the, uh, the favorite feature on the iPhones, no wait, <laughs> strike that. The opposite. It's one of the most hated features of the iPhone. It makes sense that they would bring it. To the, nope, not that either. I don't understand the move. It seems really silly. And developers I, now have to, for full screen mode, developers now have to choose uh, their behavior, whether, whether they will sit below the notch in full screen mode or whether they will uh, deal with the notch. Which <sighs> I don't, I don't like the this, uh, you know, companies being ashamed of the front-facing cameras on their devices, whether it's a phone or a, a laptop. You need a good webcam. If any, if we haven't um, learned anything in the last year and a half of people doing remote work, it's 
that you need a good webcam. Everybody needs a good webcam. And most laptop webcams are still terrible. So you know what? I would rather have a thicker, slightly thicker space above my screen to give me a good quality webcam and not have it obstruct, not have it obstruct my uh, workspace than look cool by having it integrated into a notch. So that is really frustrating. Now, on the flip side of all this, Google just had a product announcement too, but Google's announcement is about phones. So this one is more up my alley because, because these sound to me really cool. So the uh, Pixel 6 and Pixel 6 Pro are coming out. The Pixel 6 is only going to be $599, which is a great price. And the 6 Pro is $899. So that's much better than what you normally are paying for high-end Samsung phones, right? Uh, they, they also have a new processor, Google's Tensor processor with Titan M2. They claim that it is faster than, uh, than a Snapdragon processor. But beyond all of that, it has built-in AI optimization for doing things like real-time translation and computational photography. Speaking of photography, the most distinctive feature of these new of the Pixel 6 and Pixel 6 Pro is that they have a big black bar on the back where all the cameras live. And you know, you could think that it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, or you could think it's like sunglasses for your phone. Anyway, um, the ca main camera is now 50 megapixels. Now it is. I think it, the pictures are actually stored at 12 megapixels, but that means it's got a huge field of view, huge, you know, lets in a ton of light as an f-stop of 1.85. So absolutely sounds like it's going to be absolutely fantastic for photography. Uh, the It also it comes with a 12 megapixel ultra-wide lens that's f2.2. And then if you buy the 6 Pro, you also get a 48 megapixel telephoto lens. Um, the the uh, Pixel 6 is 6.4 inch display uh, that is 1080 by 2400 and the, six, and the Pro is 6.7 inches at 1440 by 3120 resolution. Uh, both of these screens are somewhat high refresh rate. The Pixel 6 is 90 hertz, and the 6 Pro is 120 hertz. Um, they're both rated for up to 24 hours of battery life. Granted, you know, that's obviously remains to be seen. Um, they both have pretty interesting front cameras. The 6 has an 8 megapixel front camera with 84 degree field of view, and the uh, 6 Pro has an, has an 11.1 megapixel front camera with 94 degree field of view. Good for those like cell, group selfies. Um, I understand also that the rear camera has a really, really wide field of view. So uh, the, the, phones, the phones, especially the 6, comes in some really interesting colors. It comes in like a sea foam color and a sort of a pinkish color. Um, granted, you probably want to put a case on these anyway. But um, 
it sounds, uh, these sound really fascinating, especially for what you get for the price. Yeah, for sure. And it, it sounds like, uh, and I, obviously I always have to, to make this joke. They've finally caught up with the, uh, the, um, Nokia camera from like 10 years ago. Yes. <laughs> yes. But they have some interesting features. Those, those poor pure, pure view cameras. They just never, oh, Nokia couldn't yeah, give I, those things away. <laughs> I know. I keep waiting for people to get back to those 50, 100 megapixel cameras. Right. So here we are. We have 50, which I've is got, great. I've uh, got one of those Lumia 1020s around here somewhere. <laughs> but this might be, you know, this has some interesting um, features because of the AI. So yeah, these, these sound like things Samsung would do. So they have something where you can remove people from the background. Okay. Um, so if there's someone in the background behind you in a, in a picture, it can, you can edit them out. There is a motion mode that lets you capture like um, a action. Like it makes it look like a subject is moving because of the blur in the background or a long exposure that adds blur to moving subjects. Um, oh, there's also face unblur for capturing sharper images of moving people and real tone for capturing skin tones accurately. Um, so I, you know, I often have, first of all, I have a Pixel 5, 4A5G here and I've got it for the camera. I love the camera on this, but if it could be even better, fantastic. You know, the, um, are you, you know, saying if one it of could the, be even better, it would be even better. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> yes. If it would be even better, I would, I'd be even happier because I mean, there's a need for it to be even better, right? Especially, um, if you've got young children, as I do, you, you know, you want to keep, want to catch them doing something cute and inevitably it'll be like, ah, their face will blur because they're doing something right so if this could deal with that fantastic you know or they're doing something really cute but you don't have all the lights on in the room so it's a little dark or um you know they're doing something really cute and running around and wouldn't it be neat if you could capture the motion of it so um so all those things sound sound really good to me Yeah, for sure. Um, I it it's been a while since I've been excited about Google hardware, um, but this one actually sounds exciting. I you know I I think our v listeners and viewers are aware that I tend to go for the the weird devices, right? My, hence my obsession with Palm, and then uh, you know I've got a, a Surface Duo out in the office, uh, but. This one sounds like it would be a great, like, the phone that, that we carry for live blogging from CES because we can take great yeah. pictures without having to worry about, you know, so much clutter and so much, you yeah, know, somebody that's, bumps that's you and things thing. like that. Yeah, Cause, exactly. Because we've talked that's about enough. having one of those for the team for a while. You know, we've got a couple of, we got a couple of corporate lines. Yeah. You know, we could throw a SIM card in and put it out into the wild. Yeah. This sounds like the perfect device for that. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, I'm this is my camera for work, right? So people send me right. a laptop to review. I try to find a nice clean space in my office, which is hard to do. Uh, but when I do, I can take pictures of it. And those are what we use. So, you know, the, the better quality 
phone camera I have, the better I can do do my job. So it's it's definitely like I'm I'm all, I'm that's the main thing I get excited about with phones these days is if the camera gets better. Because honestly, I don't think the screen has to get that much better. The screens are are really good at this point, unless you really care about full you know about uh, variable re- you know getting a high refresh rate for your phone gaming. But I don't really care that much about phone gaming personally. So. So, yeah, I mean, that's when you're doing something major with the camera, that's that's really impressive. Finally, speaking of other things that are impressive, at least to me, is uh, something that was announced today, the Raspberry Pi build hack. Uh, as longtime uh, viewers know, I'm a big Raspberry Pi fan, have a lot of Raspberry Pi stuff hanging around. Here's one in a case that's sitting here. Um, but this new thing that's coming out, it's called a the build hat. A hat is an add-on board. So uh, with the Raspberry Pi, you have these 40 pins here. They are called the GPIO pins. And then you can buy boards that attach them. And those are called hats because uh, hat stands for hardware attached on top. And the build hat for $25 is something that is made in partnership between Raspberry Pi and Lego. And it has four, um, are they called LFN2, L, is it LPF2? Uh, LPF2 connectors. Uh, those are the little connectors that come on modern era, the last like three or four or five years, um, Lego electronics. So if you have a Lego boost set, if you have a Lego power up set, if you have some other new education and STEM sets that are used in the classroom, uh, these all, there are lots of lights and motors and sensors that have this connector. And with this, you can connect them directly to a Raspberry Pi where you can then use Python programming language to control them. So you can make, you can use this in your Lego robots. You can use the Lego color sensors. You can do all kinds of cool stuff. And then you can stack another hat on top of that. So if you want to do something else, like add a, you know, like add different kinds of sensors, add different kinds of motors, add RGB LEDs, all the th- all the different kinds of electronics that you can use with Raspberry Pi and with the intelligence of Raspberry Pi, you can do things like object recognition. I mean, you can also use a Raspberry Pi camera with uh, with this. So it's it's really neat. The build hat. Uh, it's right now, I think you can pre-order it, uh, on spark fun and Pimeroni. It's not, it's not available yet. I think unless you go to the physical raspberry Pi store in Cambridge, UK, but it will be available for $25. And then to power it, you will need a either batteries or a barrel connector that can emit, I think eight volts. So there's an official for $15 power supply for it as well. But I think the really neat thing is that Lego and Raspberry Pi worked on this together so that you can really like superpower your Lego builds. Uh, it's great for kids who are learning to program. It's great for adults who want to build robots and things and use Legos instead of trying to 3D print or, or otherwise fabricate uh, the pieces that they need. They can use Lego for serious projects. Uh, so it's really cool. Yeah, it. I I can see it being used uh, for like 
kids that are coming out of the first Lego league, right? Who have been working with Lego hardware and the Lego platform. They know the components, they know the sensors, and then this gives them the ability to continue to use all of that and bring it forward into Raspberry Pi um, to, to add some more um, uh, complex, isn't quite the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean, more full-featured uh, uh, programming capabilities to it. I, I love this idea. Yeah, so I mean, you can program, some of the newer LEGO education kits do have their own programming language, mm-hmm. but their programming language is uh, their own, it's, it's a proprietary block-based language, right? So right. what you can do with Raspberry Pi is now you can use standard Python. Um, you can also use just a whole other world of electronics. And Lego is actually supporting this uh, in, a, in another way, which is if you buy one of their education kits, which is really expensive, so it's really for the classroom, it's like $300, $400. It comes with a plate that you can screw your Raspberry Pi into and use that to attach um, it to your Lego build. Now, that's their official solution to attaching the Raspberry Pi to a build, but there's a lot of unofficial solutions for for doing that, 3D printed plates that you can get, um, things like that. So you don't have to necessarily buy their expensive kit uh, to be able to physically attach your Raspberry Pi. Or I've seen lots of people just build Legos around the Raspberry Pi and hold it in place that way. It doesn't necessarily have to be screwed in. That all makes sense. And uh, that's, I, I'm still wrapping my head around this. I love, I love this. I want one already. I want to use it over at Amrock like now. Yeah. One, <laughs> one word of caution. It does not work with the Mindstorm EV3. Okay. Um, it works with, I think, the new Mindstorm that's been out for a year or two, the, the four or whatever it is, but it does not okay. work with the EV3 connectors that have been around for many years. It's, But it yeah. does work with Lego Boost, Power Up, and I think the, the Education Kits, and I think the newest Mindstorm. So it's the current connectors. Gotcha. And obviously we've talked about a lot of stuff here, um, and... I imagine you guys have got stuff on all of this. Yes. Yes. So if you go to Tom's Hardware, you can learn all about the Lego, the Raspberry Pi build hat, including a tutorial on how to use it, even though you probably don't have it yet. Um, the, you can learn all about the M1 Pro and M1 Max processors. Uh, we didn't really do a lot of coverage of the Google Pixels because we don't cover phones, but our uh, our colleagues at Tom's Guide, not to be confused with Tom's Hardware, they're kind of the best buy to our new egg, um, are, um, have covered that really well. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a lot, um, you know, there, there's a lot to read about. There's a lot of exciting stuff and who knows the week is the, the week is only half, half old and the month is only a little more than half old. So we may be seeing some more cool products by the time we talk next time. It does seem likely. <laughs> well, as always, Avram, I I appreciate you bringing this stuff to our attention because, like I always say, we don't have time to to see all of this, and I appreciate that uh, that you are able to introduce us to it, and I cannot wait to see what we talk about next.
week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Loot Crate. Whether you're a gamer, anime fan, or pop culture aficionado, Loot Crate has got a crate for you. They curate a bundle of collectibles, apparel, figures, and more that you can't find anywhere else. The crates get delivered to your door. It's like getting an awesome birthday present from yourself every single month. And to learn more about the crates that are available and the deals that are going on, you can go to f5live.tv slash lootcrate. So this is no secret in the gaming industry. Um, gamers hate EA Sports. Uh, <laughs> they have had the exclusive on several major franchises for a long time, including uh, Madden, which was theirs, to be fair. Um, they did NCAA for a long time. They've had FIFA for years. And um, gamers feel like it's getting stale that no real changes happen season to season. And in fact, FIFA in particular, gamers said there appeared to be no changes except players from 2020 to 2021. Um, and with that information, FIFA put out a statement saying that they are ready to start seeing other people. Um, <laughs> they, <laughs> they, will, they will consider an open marriage um, in that... They don't necessarily have to say goodbye to EA entirely. Um, they're willing to continue to work with them if things change, but um, they're ready to get more serious about the esports um, capabilities of their title, and they don't feel that what EA has been doing lives up to that. They also would like to see uh, possibly at least explore the idea of some sort of a mobile title in uh, FIFA. And they are ready for a non-exclusive deal, and they are starting their search now. Uh, this is this is a big shakeup because um, these exclusivities have been in EA Sports hands for so long, um, and like I said, gamers are seemingly tired of it. I know, you know, when Nick was on the show, he was a big Madden fan, and he always said that every game seemed less unique than the one before it um, to the point where it seemed just uh, repetitious at some point. Um, so, you know, some new blood would probably be good for some of these franchises and FIFA seems to agree. Yeah. I mean, look, this is probably based on sales. Are we right? I mean, don't, I'm sure they're, for sure. I'm sure FIFA sees, sees a cut of sales. So if sales were great, they would probably be happy. Mm-hmm. So they're probably my guess is that these is that FIFA is looking at the bottom line and thinking they can make more money. I don't I don't think that I don't think that they're thinking about wow this games aren't artistically as good as we would like them to be. Now, no, but it, the gamers it, are. The players are right, saying and that's, that and that's why they're not buying them and that's affecting FIFA's bottom line. Right, right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it is filtering down. I'm just saying if the game if the gamers were fine if the games were selling 
than FIFA to the level care. that they expect, then they wouldn't care. Right. So yes, they want to make more money. Uh, on the other hand, it probably it probably is really easy for uh, for these things to get in a rut because there's only so I don't know maybe there's only so much you can do with sport with a sports game like the rules of the game don't change right so you make the graphics better you make you change the controls up whatever but then people also want to see consistency in the game it's mm-hmm. not like you can change the plot so right. you know how many things can you do there's probably some greater room for innovation but maybe that maybe there's maybe there's not a lot of room for innovation right. so and I but mean, staying come a long way since yeah. but staying in the same hands certainly is going it seems to be preventing right. any of that innovation you know when activision started to mix up you know call of duty between three different studios you started to get some interesting stuff back into the call of duty franchise instead of the same thing every release yeah. so yeah it, i mean maybe change for change's sake is is called for here right yeah because you know we, I, I you know when i was playing atari which i know you know a lot about right indeed like it was really common sports games you couldn't do very much right like you had right. the, the atari football you know you just kind of run down the field right uh, it was it was a step above the the Radio Shack thing with the red light on it that you used to play football. Now, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, I brought those about, back right? at some point. You know, but now the games are really good. Like all the sports games are really good quality. They're they have real players in them. They're realistic. So, you know, it's it's not obvious necessarily what the next step. Maybe it's right. not so obvious what the next step is when you've gotten it to be this good, but nevertheless, they have to figure that one out because people don't want to keep buying the same old thing. So, so yeah, I, I understand why FIFA would want to do this. Let's see, uh, let's see what you know what what happens uh, because yeah, EA is getting has been getting by on its licensing rather than actually doing the work to really make those licenses to do a good job with the licenses. Right. And if you look at, you know, other parts of the industry, um, you know, Disney's uh, Star Wars contract with EA, the exclusive contract is up and it does not look like Disney has renewed that either. um, Possibly because under EA only uh, two good Star Wars titles were released, but a lot of Star Wars titles were released. There was, there was a lot of pasta that didn't stick to that wall. Um, (laughs) And so uh, it looks like Disney is moving on from that EA relationship too. Now, granted uh, they made that agreement when they made the purchase. Um, And there, there didn't seem to be any quality check, uh, conditions in that agreement either so um ea may just be in a rut and they may need to go back to some some you know in-house ip to to get out of it because you know when when uh when ubisoft was having was having trouble they started doing their own ip into the licensing stuff and boom they assassin's creed right there was so maybe maybe that's what EA needs. Maybe EA needs to 
to not rely so heavily at this point on on licensed stuff or purchased stuff like Maxis and actually have to do something outright. So we'll we'll definitely see uh, what happens here. I know one of FIFA's big things is the esports side of things, and you know a lot of the things that you need for a title to be esports compatible aren't there or aren't good within the FIFA titles. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what comes of this, uh, especially in that space. But I'd also like to see what they what they think is going to come out of uh, mobile because that part <laughs> kind of shocked me. It seems like seems like soccer on a tiny screen may not be <laughs> quite as engaging, but maybe maybe it becomes the the breakout of VR that we were talking about earlier. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, VR, I mean, obviously these games in VR would be great, but yes, on yeah. this tiny screen, uh, you know what? Though people are playing more things on mobile, these screens are getting a lot bigger. So it's so, true. You know, and I mean, I can pair my Xbox controller to it and play actual xbox titles on my phone so you know there there definitely is uh a lot more capability today than there was even two years ago so we'll we'll see what comes out of this this new research for them This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is probably powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop. In addition to things like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, and a lot more, it allows you to use your computer and mobile device with confidence and peace of mind. And to learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash Malwarebytes. So we talked Google in the pilch point. Let's talk the other side of it. Uh, Google search in particular on mobile. Um, Google search has mostly worked about the same always. Yes, the Google at the bottom <laughs> went away. Uh, mostly at some point and it went to more standard pagination but as the rest of the industry has moved away from from hard pagination into soft pagination and uh what what the tech industry likes to to call continuous scrolling and what we like to call doom scrolling um mobile search uh from google will be implementing that as well so no longer will you have just you know say 10 items i know you never know how many items are actually on a page but let's say 10 items on a page and then I mean, you it's supposed next. to be 10 but then they they keep messing with the search uh-huh where they're putting like other things in the search result that are not necessarily 10 organic results like right. the answer box right exactly so uh, eh, 10 ish <laughs> you can also set it to to more. You can use personal settings to set it to more too. Right, but now it's going to uh, mobile search is and it in fact is rolling out now. It ha we have not received it on any, on any of our devices yet. We've uh, we've been checking since this blog post was published. 
Um, but it's coming to everybody. So when you get to the end of the page, it will just automatically load the next batch of results and allow you to continue to scroll. No more pagination, but also no more knowing where you are on the search results, which has positives and negatives, right? There's no longer that, uh, that quite that same fear of being on the first page because be moving to page two is kind of a seamless behind the scenes thing. Whereas today, you know, you get to the bottom, you're like, well, that wasn't it. And you go, <laughs> you change your search. Right. I mean, it, uh, it's going to change the way people use Google search, I think. Yes. Yes. So I have, I'm of a mixed mind about this as Me a too. user. I kind of, I like the, as a user, I like the pagination. Uh, it just, it provide. I don't like continuous scrolling. It feels mm -hmm. like, I don't know. It feels like I it disorienting sort of like, Hey, wait, how do I get back to the top? It's further up. I mean, uh, so it seems, it seems a little disorienting. However, as someone who lives and dies by Google search placement, this actually sounds good to me. Well, mm -hmm. I don't know. It could have pluses good -ish. and minuses. Good-ish, right? The plus is if you're on page two now, which, you know, being on page two is a great mark of mark of shame, I should say. Yeah. For, for me, if I have one of my important articles is on page two. It's like not existing. But, and it happens, right? So mm -hmm. if I was ranked 12 or something now, that actually wouldn't be as bad because people might really see it. Uh, on the other hand, because it's not paginated, I feel like people may, users may actually be more likely to click the lower results than they were, you know, because maybe they're scrolling down to see if something's better than the top. Right. And so as it keeps scrolling, they're not like, oh yeah, this was the first page. This is the best stuff. Right. Uh, so they may be more likely to click wherever it is they decided to stop scrolling. Right. Yeah, it's definitely going to change a lot of things. Um, I, I have a meeting with my, with my marketing team tomorrow, and this is going to be one of my topics of conversation. Is is this change because it's definitely, it's definitely I mean, an interesting change. I'm sure it's still better to be in the top spot or near the top spot. Sure. So, because probably most people, if they see the headline that they that and metadata that they're interested in they're just going to click or tap right on the thing that they're looking that they're looking for they're not going to go and see if something's better now coincidentally whether people click it or not ends up being part of i'm sure ends up being part of google's algorithm so mm -hmm. if you were in the top spot and people weren't like weren't clicking on you you won't be in the top spot for long anyway right because right. i'm sure that google I'm sure that Google looks at that. I'm also sure that Google looks at bouncing. So if, if you were in the top spot mm -hmm. for a search result and somebody clicks through because they liked the headline that they saw, but then they see that this isn't the content that they were looking for and they hit the back button and go back to the search result page, then, then you know, hey, wait a second, this person didn't really get what they were looking for either. Right. So that's another, that's another issue too. So... I mean, I think this could be a net positive for people who are trying to get traffic to their websites and have maybe fallen onto the dreaded second page. Right. Uh, so, because there's probably a better chance of being seen now. Nevertheless, you still want to be one, two, or three. Preferably Absolutely. one. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, the things that Google does, Google's mean, see, the, the thing is here, a lot of people, a lot of businesses depend on Google, but Google doesn't really care about your business, right? right. Google only, unless, of course, you're an advertiser, then it cares about you paying them advertising fee. But, you know, as far as, you know, doing things like Google continues to do things that are kind of like prom could promote your site, but not in a way that brings people to your site. So like the answer box, right? That's a, that's a really mixed bag, right? Because right. they could, you know, I could write a story about, you know, what, you know, what time is the world series starting? Great. I'm going to write a story. And then the answer box is just going to pull that answer out. Right. So now people didn't have to click through. And so did that help me? I mean, I got the, had the top link, but the nugget that people wanted was right there anyway. So right. obviously Google is not doing this to help, uh, to deliberately help or hurt uh, sites, websites that are trying right. to get people to, to visit them. It's just purely, uh, I think they think that there's going to, people are more likely to find a result that they're looking for if they don't have to click pagination and you know i think i think that the, the maxim in in all of ui computer ui is more with less clicks right right don't don't make me click like a click is is dreaded you don't want me to have, scrolling is okay uh clicking is not right, right. so Ever since the scroll wheel was invented, it seems like scrolling is okay. It used, I mean, I remember, I don't know, do you find this in web design? I remember years back, people saying things like, I got to be above the fold. I got to, you know, mm -hmm. make sure that people see this above the fold. You have to make sure that people see a lot of stuff above the fold. And above the fold was really difficult. Above the fold, for those who don't know, meaning the first thing you see on a web page before you scroll at all. Right. And above the fold became more harder and harder to hit because you had people with 1366 by 768 resolution screens. So you have uh -huh. really, really very little screen real estate above the fold. Um, but after a while, it seems like, it seems like the, the zeitgeist is nobody cares about above the fold or, or, or below the fold. Right. What we care about, I mean, it does, you know, if you put something several screens down, then you're less likely to be seen. But what, but, what but what people do care about is don't make someone click so yeah don't i think google's going by that philosophy the less the less uh visual change you know visual shift the better so clicking is is one way that you have major visual shift that's which is why i don't like windows 11's new ui which we were talking about on the last show yes because yes. it makes you do these visual shifts and these clicks more often like with win great example windows 10 you can see all of your apps if you just keep scrolling down the alphabetical start menu right windows 11 you have to click an all apps and all apps button to That's then go small and do that scroll yeah so it's a pretty small hitbox and you have to hit it and then you still have to scroll <laughs> right so yes it is one it is just one click but it's a click Every click it, is sacred. It's a click and it's a visual transition. It's hidden information. Right. Um, right. That's hidden behind a click is different than hidden behind a scroll, whether it be 
swiping or rolling or whatever, people don't like right. that that big context shift. Whereas, you know, with a doom scroll or something like that, there's no context shift until you decide it's time and you click your app and it opens your app or you click your search result and it goes to a thing. As yeah. opposed to with the paginated but, search results where you get to the bottom, you hit a button and there's a context shift and you go back to the top and do it again. Right, yeah. And also you have to wait for something to load, right? So if you decided that you really like result one and you were on page two, you have to reload page one versus... God forbid it's still there. Scroll up, right. As a user, I don't like endless scrolls because I expect something to be at the bottom. So, yeah. you know, like you're on a website... And you're like, oh, man, I want to get to the find the like about us link so I can see who works here. Oops. My I can't. My because... favorite is when you can see the footer and you can see that there are links in the footer and it is but impossible get to, get to get to. Yeah, this is the promised land. You can't get to it. Just keep scrolling. Oh. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, so I do find that frustrating. On the other hand, Google search results. The only thing I'm really looking for down there is the next page. So, uh, so I think this is okay. It just, it, it'll take a little getting used to, but um, yeah, for me. But I think, I think it's probably overall good and probably overall good for people who run websites because yeah. they do have a better shot. If you're number eleven or twelve now, you do have a better shot of being seen. It's not as hard of a break as being on being on the second page is like death now. It's like right, not seen at all. Absolutely. So I I look forward to seeing how this affects things, and whether or not they end up bringing it to desktop, because Facebook on desktop does doom scrolling. So I could see Twitter. Yeah, I could see Google implementing it there too. Yeah, I, only yeah, time will tell. I, I think, think they will. Yeah, I think they will, unless it's a unless it's a huge failure, <laughs> which I don't see I how imagine, it be failure. Yeah, I imagine they have done some A/B testing already and decided that they liked it. So, I mean, unless the Google goal is that they want another page view, but I don't think Google is about that. Yeah, I don't you think know, so. Either. So, so long yeah. as they can, so long as they can, you know, slickly put in the 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 paid results. With with the soft pagination, and they should be fine. <laughs> but we'll see if anybody if anybody has the UI already. Uh, definitely let us know. Um, hit us up on on YouTube or social media or something. Let us know because so far we don't have it, um, and we'd like to hear people's experiences. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is probably powered by Amazon Prime. You know you get free shipping, but you get a whole lot more. Uh, you get uh, free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV movies and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video. You get free games and a free Twitch subscription, which you can use to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming and a whole lot more. Plus, we've got some links to these features, information about them, and a 30-day free trial if you're not already a subscriber, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. All right. In addition to Techtober, 
and all of the product announcements, we also had media announcements because of uh, DC Fandom, uh, which was this weekend. And lots of interesting stuff came out of that, too. I know, I know, Avram, you're a big uh, DC fan. So out of the stuff that was announced, uh, what was your favorite? Let's start with that. Mm, so much good, so much interesting stuff. Um, I definitely like the sneak peek at Black Adam uh, mm-hmm. because I've been a big um, JSA fan and followed all the, the storylines with Black Adam in them. So this will be, uh, of course, it's not coming for a long time, but it was nice that they showed us a little bit of a sneak peek at that. Sure. Uh, we we obviously see that there's going to be, uh, there's. I mean, I, for, I appreciate it. For people who don't know, Black Adam is uh, um, uh, a Shazam like offshoot, right? With uh, the yes. Rock playing, yes. So he the main character. He is yes. He has the similar powers to Shazam. He was sort of an anti. He's sort of an antihero, right? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how they play him. Uh, I'll be interested to see that. They are referring uh, to him as a ruthless, unstoppable villain. Oh, okay. Well, he depending Those on which comic words. you read, he's he's either a villain or sort of a sympathetic villain. Um, yeah. So, I'm 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 curious. To, I'm eager to see that one. Uh, I'm eager to see. And I really like the original Shazam, the first Shazam movie. I thought that was actually like the best DC. Well, maybe Wonder Woman was the best DC movie. I like the first Wonder Woman, but. Yeah really liked really liked Shazam so I thought I thought that was good I appreciated that they I've been really enjoying Titans on HBO Max and they announced that Titans is coming back for season four so I was I was psyched to see that um, obviously they have some interesting uh, cartoons as well coming up uh, I'm not as big into the dc animation but right. they have that new series that's that's coming up that's going to be sort of like uh the batman batman cartoon from the from the 90s but yeah um, but with uh i guess less censorship um i'm not as excited about the batman because i feel like there's been so much batman yeah and, um i mean I watch I I watch pretty much all the DC all the CW DC shows too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I get to watch Batwoman. So, Batman and Bat uh, and Batgirl, I wasn't as excited by. I mean, I thought the trailer for Bat the Batman was okay, but you know we have had a lot of Batman <laughs> movies. So, um, so and, I'm not as and uh, to to evidence that. The the Flash movie is going yes. to have two other bat men mans. I don't know how you pluralize that. <laughs> it's going to have uh, Batfleck and um uh oh who's the other one? Michael Keaton. Yeah, Michael Keaton. Well, see that that I'm interested to see. Frankly, For though, sure, it really. It really shows you that people don't care that much about the fl- about seeing the uh, you know seeing the 
that version of the Flash himself. Mm-hmm. They really just want to see. Uh, they really want to see Michael Keaton Batman back again. So, uh, which I bet he'll be in the movie for like five minutes max. So, I I don't know. We definitely we definitely saw his Batmobile in the trailer under yes. the under yes. the, the he, cloth. I, my guess is he. My guess is he's. A, it's a it's a bit of a cameo because after all, it's the Flash movie. Which is IMD, sort of like the rumors. IMDb has him credited pretty high up the list. Well, it's important, right? Uh, I mean, his 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 participation is very important. It's sort of like uh, the all the rumor. You know, by the way, whatever Mar- what whatever Marvel DC does, Marvel does, and whatever Marvel does, DC does, sure. one way or the other. Although, yes. to be honest, Marvel has been much better at the movies, and DC has been in my opinion, better at the TV, but the, um, but, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home that's coming out in December is going to have other Spider-Men and other, from other villain and, uh, and villains from like other Spider-Men universes coming in. So now we're going to have the flash with other Batman coming in. Right. Yeah. Marvel with, uh, with Doctor Strange is, you know, the multiverse, multiverse whatever. of madness. By yeah, the way, all those movies called. were just fucked back. Were just pushed back. Yes, they were all pushed back one release cycle. Yes, yes. Except for Indiana Jones, where uh, Harrison Ford will be eighty when the movie comes out, and <laughs> and pretty much and very close to 80 and 81 probably while it was to turn 81 while it's in the theater i mean that's great hey listen i'm 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 all i'm all for it um you can do it great but uh, i mean hell had been done filming by then oh yeah Uh, but but anyway yeah so i mean i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty excited by some of these things i mean Mm -hmm. i'd like it you know it's I, I would have liked to have. I mean, I guess there's not really much more you could hear about um, Wonder Woman or whatever. I, I thought they did a good job um, with the. It was like three hours long, and I was sort of intermittently tuning into the in, tuning into it on my phone while my son was watching Minecraft, Minecraft right. live on the TV because uh, he was really super excited about Minecraft, and so I had to like. Oh yeah, you see, there's gonna be a new Batman thing. Okay, whatever, Dad. I doesn't really care about that. But um, yeah, I. By the way, is it fandom or fandome? I always think of it as like a dome, like like. The I know. Dome. I don't know how it's pronounced. I know it's spelled dome, but I do not know how it's pronounced. <laughs> uh, um, for me, what did you find it, interesting? For yeah. for me, it's uh, Gotham Knights. Getting to see more of Gotham Knights. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's the, the continuation of the Arkham series, but post Bruce Wayne's death, um, which may or may not have actually happened. Um, and so, you know, you're, you're going to be playing from the role of the rest of the, the crew, right? Uh, Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl, Red Hood. Um, so that's. That's interesting. It's going to continue um, that storyline. I like that. Like they've really kind of shown in this in this 
series of of games. Um, it's been surprising because you know, uh, comic book and uh, movie slash TV adaptations into video games tend to be painful. Um, but this this has not been this whole this whole series has been has been pretty tight. Um, and this one looks like it's going to continue that. So that's pretty that, exciting. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's amazing how now companies just decide to make news by holding like three hour live streams, which by the way, were probably not live. I mean, how do you know that they were actually there broadcasting? It's probably just sure. like recorded and streamed at that time. Uh, probably at least with the at least with the Minecraft one, there was a there was an online vote, so they had to tell you which which character won, so that uh-huh. that there was some level of real timeness to that. But Netflix did this with the what was it called, the dumb or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Netflix did this. DC has done this. Minecraft did this. What's next? Apple's um, been doing it for the last couple of years. Where we yes. know that they're they're taped. Microsoft has been doing these live taped things. So, so I don't know. Is there going to be a Marvel one or a Disney one soon? Who knows? I don't know. But uh, there was some Star Wars stuff uh, this weekend as well. <laughs> it just keeps coming. Indeed, it does. And uh, we definitely are live. It's ten forty two. So. Just <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that is that is a fact. So, uh, I just thought that was a funny thing because we're definitely live. Um, You'll but, also yeah. know when the camera cuts out and things freeze in unexpectedly that we were live because otherwise we would have edited it out. <laughs> Absolutely, a good point. <laughs> well. That is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate our live uh, viewers. If you're not able, if you didn't join us live and would like to in the future, normally Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. Or uh, when we're having special events like this, the best thing to do, follow us on Facebook, F5 Live Refreshing Technology, um, because that's when you'll definitely see um, an announcement of when we're going live. Um, next week we will also have an altered schedule um hopefully monday unless unless things go weird um so and then roboticon will be over and we can go back to normal uh but that's where we are for right now uh definitely check us out doing that uh this saturday will be first tech challenge and uh, closing ceremony um you can find us on Roboticon TV on Twitch. It's the best place to watch because we know uh, YouTube made for kids content. You can't comment. So <laughs> find us on Roboticon TV um, or here on our Twitch channel because uh, we host it as well. Um, I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we'll see you back next week. Ciao. I would pay money.